0: Welcome to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans, with Kirsten Johansson. Kirsten and her guests are here to help you stop struggling with your own self-acceptance and teach you how to love yourself unconditionally. Now, here's Kirsten.
1: Welcome to Freedom for Humans, where we talk about the ways in which we as humans can free ourselves from suffering by practicing unconditional love, acceptance, and compassion for ourselves. I'm Kirsten Johansson, your host, and um, I am live again today. Um, so if you want to send us an email through the show page or give us a call, um, I would love to chat with you. Um, I'm coming to you again from the beautiful Oregon coast. I was just having a chat with Jordan before we came on the air, and uh, I was just talking about how it's beautiful here. I'm in Lincoln City, Oregon, and it's gorgeous. And um it's very temperate. I know that many of you are probably experiencing some kind of extreme weather, heat and flooding and there's all sorts of things going on across the country and across the world and um you know one of the things that I uh, am grateful for is that this is a very temperate area. A-, a warm day here is about 70 degrees and there's often a breeze and we're having a beautiful summer and uh, there are gorgeous beaches here and lots of places to eat and drink and little shops to visit. And so if you are thinking about a trip to the Oregon coast, um, don't leave out Lincoln City, uh, cause it's beautiful and a really uh, fun place to visit. And there's a variety of other little towns um, between like Lincoln City and Newport and um, it makes for a, a beautiful drive. Um, I also wanted to just say hi to Canada and Japan. I, I see you often. Um, we get some weekly metrics about the show so I can kind of see who's listening and from where. and you've been uh, you've been uh, listeners, um, I think almost since the beginning. And so I just want to say hi and thank you. Um, and I also saw that we had some people join us from Mexico and um, from Turkey last week. Um, and also just a little housekeeping before we get into our topic. If you want to reach me, you can find me um, in a variety of places. You can go to my website, giraffe tango, octopus.com. You can find me across social media at GTO coaching. And I also have uh, a new private Facebook group. It's called from self-criticism to self-acceptance. I named it what it is, uh, as a way to, I, I, I love a little artsy, I love a little artsy name and everything, but I did wanna name it um, so that everybody could see what, it, what it's about. And I just ask three very, very easy questions that you can choose to answer or not answer. Um, and I would just love to have you in the group. We talk about um, all the, the similar things that we talk about here on the show, but it gives us a chance to interact with each other, uh, which is fantastic. Um, I have uh, a couple of offerings. I I have um, a relatively new program called the Freedom Series, and it's a 12-week program. Um, It's a holistic program that really uh, establishes your freedom project, and then we walk through all the steps and areas of life where self-acceptance and self-love can free you uh, to really live the life that you want. Um, and I also offer uh, practice bundles. So if you want to work on something in particular or the Freedom Series isn't a great fit for you, we can do any number of things with our practice bundles. Um, and then lastly, I mentioned a few times that I was developing a partnership with Stellar Sleep, and that's the app that I use to address my insomnia that I have been. Um, Hmm. managing, dealing with, experiencing. I'm going to try not to uh, awfulize it uh, because that's one of the things that we do that actually hurts our sleep is we uh, we awfulize our sleep and what it's doing to us. So I've been experiencing insomnia um, in one way or another since I was a teenager. And I finally was like, oh, okay, pharmaceuticals and supplements, and I've done all kinds of things to address it, but I've never really done what Stellar Sleep does, which is cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia, I have a deep history in cognitive behavioral therapy as a relapse prevention specialist and a chemical dependency specialist, and through all of my own work and much of what we talk about on the show has a cognitive behavioral basis to it. And so, um, you know, in that regard, it was a great fit for me, and I've had some wonderful results uh, when I look at the there's all kinds of graphs and things that they provide when you begin to enter your sleep data. And when I look back at its at its height uh, that my my insomnia severity index was at a 23 which is rated as severe. And the last time that I filled out the you can fill that out anytime you like within the app and it'll give you a new, Um, insomnia severity index. And I was at a three (laughs) the last time I filled it out. So from 23 severe to uh, three, which is rated as none. um, That's how things are going with my sleep. It's an ongoing practice. Uh, As with everything, that's kind of a new thing or something that, you know, ultimately has been maybe um, bothering you for a while. It's going to take a while um, and it may always be a practice, um, but in this case, I've just, there are so many different ways of viewing sleep and there's all kinds of uh, research-based science-based information in it. And anyway, I've had a great experience with it. I'm really uh, pleased to be partnered with them and you can get a nice discount on that app, um, by using the link www.stellarsleep.com GTO. So easy to remember just slash GTO, and that'll take you to kind of a landing page. And there's some questions to answer because, um, you know, one of the things that's great about them is they're not going to try to sell you the app if you're, if it's not right for you. So you're going to take a sleep, uh, survey on there and then find out whether stellar sleep might be for you. And then if you use that link, um, you'll get a 30% discount. Okay, I think that's, um, I think that's most of the housekeeping for today. So we're going to talk more about roadblocks. We started our roadblocks conversation last week. And on last week's show, we covered the non-starters and I call them the non-starters because they are the things that keep you from starting something that you would like to be different, that you would like to experience differently or a change that you would like to make. Um, So if you didn't catch that and you have difficulty getting started with something, you might check out last week's show. Um, This week, we're going to talk about, well, you've gotten started, but now you've broken the deal. So these are the deal breakers. And these are the things that that generally kind of just make us quit. Um, and then all the things that happen when we quit something, you know, we talk to ourselves in certain ways and we feel bad about it. We're going to get into all that. Um, but the, so these are going to be the deal breakers. And I was having a conversation, uh, just last week, actually with a client. And she asked a great question and she asked, I want this to no longer be a practice. I just want this to be part of my life because we were just talking about some new practices that she was developing. And then she said, or is it always a practice, which perhaps I don't know whether she was pondering that or she saw some look on my face. <laughs> and the answer um, is that it's 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 probably always going to be a practice. And, and the reflection that I had on that was my own movement practice. So one of my practices is that I walk. And here in Lincoln City, um, over the course of um, the different stays that I've had here with my mom, I've developed a route and it has all the things in it that I like, uphills and downhills and flat spots and changes in um, things to look at and not a lot of sidewalks. Okay. But that's just typical of this area. So I do have to be vigilant about traffic and, and so forth. Um, but ultimately I have a really nice uh, route here. Now I'm going back to Malta in a couple of weeks. And walking is a different animal in Malta. Um, there's lots of traffic and if there are sidewalks, there's they're very skinny. This is, you know, old Europe and they're not they're not trying to change things there. So many of the kind of ancient architecture remains, which is one of the things I love about it. And, you know, there's not big wide sidewalks to walk on, and they're a lot of cobblestone and things sticking out and you have to be careful not to trip, et cetera. And it's also, you know, going back in the summer, it's hot. And I'm going back to a new city, new town. And so um, I did develop some, <laughs> some a bit of a route when I was there in my other village, but it wasn't, I ha- I didn't have it dialed in. So it wasn't like, ah, I'm going to do my walk today, which is, you know, what I enjoy. And so I am excited to develop a new, route when i get there and what i know from my previous experience is that if i don't get at that many days and even weeks can go by without that happening and then i start to feel the effects of my movement practice not being what i know it needs to be in order for me to feel well and happy and so there's many reasons why something Can feel natural, so it's natural to me to have these movement practices, and they're always practices because things happen. You travel, you move, you know, maybe you get injured, or you're not feeling well, or your body changes, or you know, you're trying to manage through super rainy days or super hot days or all kinds of things. And so, we are going to talk about this in the tips that I have to provide to provide you today it's important to always be open to adjusting a practice. So that's one of the things that we can do to keep from breaking the deal. So what I just described, you know, this kind of all the things that I go through to try to develop a new, a new route, those are adjustments so that I can keep the practice in place uh, without breaking the deal. Because if I break the deal, I'm only breaking a deal with myself. I'm not breaking a deal with anyone else. Um, And also I'm going to talk about the tunnel again today. We use a a metaphor of a tunnel when we're going through a change and popping out into the light doesn't necessarily mean that the practice part is over. It means that the comfort gap of that practice of that new practice or that change has closed, but you may very well come to another tunnel. Like I'm going to come to another little change tunnel when I go back to um, Malta because it's again, a new, it's a new town and, that I haven't explored yet. So I don't really know what all I'm going to find. So it's important to stay vigilant about the practices that are important to you. They're always going to need your intention, your energy, and your devotion, or else they tend to languish. Um, another couple things that just popped into my mind this week uh, for me is that music matters. And so if, a, if the practice that you are wanting to start or, or sustain doesn't require silence and you're uh, struggling a little bit to move forward with it or to keep it in place. I find that if I try some music and turn on some music, like I was um, working through some more business oriented practices earlier this week, and I just chose Led Zeppelin. I just chose Led Zeppelin. I was like, let's, let's try this. I was just feeling my energy was a little funky. And it was great. And even though sometimes it meant that I paused and just was moving around in my chair because uh, of Zeppelin, and I but but I was enjoying it, and I had some wonderful kind of body chemistry flowing that happens when we listen to music that we love. So, you know, if you're running into some some roadblocks that are a little bit hard to move out of the way, you might try music. And then also, as I was listening to my morning, I try to listen or read something. Uh, for inspiration every day. That's one of my practices. And as I was listening this morning, you know, one of the things that I heard was what you are seeking is already within you. And um, it just made me reflect on why I tend to focus so specifically on our internal lives. And it's because our external lives are manifestations of our internal lives. And so if we work on the externals without addressing the internals they're very difficult to sustain and they don't always bring us the happiness that we think they're going to because the internals um, are not connected so okay so i'm going to move on to the deal breakers so you've made a deal with yourself and you broke the deal okay Um, So one of the things that I was thinking about is like, how often do we break a deal with someone else? Uh, Maybe you make an agreement or a commitment to a friend or a spouse or partner, your employer, your kids, and you wouldn't dream of breaking it. Um, But somehow when the deal is with ourselves and is solely for us, Um, we don't, we're not always able to summon the same energy and motivation and that sort of work ethic that pops out of us when we've made a deal with somebody else. Um, And so, you know, when it comes to putting energy and investment into ourselves, sometimes we just kind of shrink and resist and excuse and rationalize and kind of leave ourselves hanging. And if that's happening for you, you, you're not alone. That is a normal human experience and we can shift it. That's the great news is that that is, that is within our dominion that's happening inside of us and we can shift it. And so having your own back, um, it's that's really what this is about. And when we have our own backs, we don't necessarily have to be concerned with who else does or doesn't have it because... People are, people are absolutely essential, connection to other human beings is absolutely essential to us. And I'm going to get to that in um, the last couple of um, deal breaker uh, tips that I have to provide today. And when you have your own back and you show up for yourself and you show yourself love and acceptance and compassion you can endure the, the temporary and amorphous nature of other people and of your relationships with other people. So it's always going to come back to your relationship with yourself. And that is what it, it's going to inform not just your relationships and connections with others and what you hope for and need from those relationships and from those other people, but it's, it's going to inform every single thing, every single thing about your life. And that's why we talk about our thoughts, our feelings, our beliefs about ourselves, and the actions that we take, which are typically a manifestation of all those things, our thoughts, our feelings and our beliefs. Okay, so we are coming up on a break and I'm just going to preview um, the first deal breaker. uh, And that is that you focus on the outcome instead of the process or the practice. And when the result of your practice does not arrive on time, whatever time you've assigned to it, or it differs from what you expected, you feel like a failure or you determine that the practice is a failure. And then you kind of want to quit. You kind of want to break the deal. So we did, we did talk about that last week. Sometimes focus on, on the outcome can keep you from even getting started. This week, we're going to assume that you've started and we're going to stick with our with our example that we started with last week, which was is a movement practice, because that's um, such a popular topic of conversation I'm finding right now. So we're going to stick with uh, the movement practice and we're going to talk about how to not break the deal with yourself to move your body. And we're going to get into that when we get back. You're listening to Freedom for Humans and we'll be right back.
2: Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts.
0: Are you tired of overeating, overspending, drinking too much, or being in relationships that drain you? Do you have invasive thoughts that make you feel bad about yourself and your life? Do you keep pushing yourself to the next goal only to find that it doesn't bring you happiness? You don't have to live this way you can live a life of well-deserved freedom and happiness. Coach Kirsten Johansson is here to guide you. Book your free discovery session today at GiraffeTangoOctopus.com. stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really
1: fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com
0: you're listening to giraffe tango octopus freedom for humans have your own story or have questions for kirsten or her guests Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Freedom for Humans. This is Kirsten, your host. And before the break, we had just started to talk about our tips for getting through the deal breakers, the things that make you break your own deal um, or stop a new practice that you've started. So we're going to stick with the movement practice. And just as a reminder, if you did catch last week or to let you know, if you didn't, we are talking about a very incremental step into a new movement practice. So we're talking about 10 minutes of movement each day, doing only what you like. So for, for the sake of example, let's say you're, you're a couple weeks into your new practice. Okay. And so, um, here are some of the things that can, can happen if you are focused on the outcome of the practice and not the practice itself. Let's say you haven't lost any weight. Dang. Okay. Ugh. You look in the mirror and, well, you're still the same size. And beyond that, it's still kind of hard for you. I mean, you didn't expect 10 minutes of yoga, let's just call it, to be hard, but it is. And look, you're still, oh, you're still flabby. Look at your arm. Oh, your arm flab is shaking. Hmm. So I'm not really noticing any difference. This isn't working and I don't really enjoy it. I mean, what's the point? So that, that voice that I just demonstrated is, The voice of doubt, the inner critic, they both work for self-hate. One of the other things I heard this morning is that, and I want to remind you of this, is that you are not hating yourself. Self-hate is hating you. Okay, it is a conditioned voice. So you're doing something positive for yourself. You're moving your body 10 minutes a day, doing something you like. Uh, theoretically. Now, self-hate's telling you that you don't enjoy it. We're going to get to that. Um, But that's what you're doing. And then self-hate comes in and says all these things to you that are uh, attached to an outcome of this movement practice. And so my recommendations here, and these are pretty, I'm going to make these pretty strong recommendations. And I'm saying that primarily because they, they go against the grain of what we're told and what we're shown and what is um, sold to us. And when I say sold, I mean really sold in terms of products and diets and exercise programs and and stuff like that. So uncouple, detach, uncouple your appearance from your movement practice. Just separate them completely. Uh, Don't tie the way you look or evaluating the way you look with moving your body. Um, it really complicates things. And as I've demonstrated with this very common voice today that tells you, oh, you haven't lost any weight and you're flabby and it's hard and all this, um, it's not helpful. It's not helpful. Also uncouple your food from your movement practice. So what we don't want to be doing is thinking about how many calories we're burning or not burning or that it's not doing any good and I ate XYZ yesterday and this 10 minutes of yoga isn't doing anything to offset you know, the bowl of ice cream I ate last night or what, whatever, the, whatever the voice is saying. It doesn't matter because this is not about what you ate. This is simply about moving your body for 10 minutes a day, doing something that you enjoy. That's all it's about. On um, couple, um, any outcomes from the practice, the practice is the point. And then the last thing I wanna address um, is when the voice says something like, well, this isn't working and, and you don't enjoy it, so what is even the point? Are you really not enjoying it? Is that, is that correct? Or is the evaluative voice and the tie to outcome discouraging you? If it's the latter, okay, and it is that evaluative voice that is discouraging you, then you know that you can begin to notice that voice, disidentify from it, know that it is self-hate trying to do you in and do in your new practice. And I'll get into why that is, why self-hate wants to do that. Um, but if if that's what it is, then you can use all of the things that we talk about in terms of um, managing those thoughts and noticing them and separating yourself from them and and telling yourself the truth, the the real truth about you know the fact that there that there is absolutely nothing uh, there's nothing wrong with you at all, okay. Um, and then if it's the former, uh, you're really not enjoying it. Maybe you thought you were gonna love it. Maybe you thought you were going to love it, or maybe you used to really like it. And so you return to something, a form of movement that you used to like, and you're feeling a little (laughs) confused or surprised by the fact that you're not enjoying it. Well, okay. That is information that tells you to make an adjustment. That is yourself. That is yourself, you know, telling you, I don't I don't really like this. Like I've given it a shot. It's like, I'm a couple weeks in, I'm managing the voice, uh, that, that unhelpful voice. And I'm really finding that maybe this is not for me. It's at that point where sometimes the decision that's made is to discipline yourself (laughs) into doing it anyway, or you quit, you quit. Well, I don't like this. I'm just going to quit. And we sometimes miss that middle ground, which is to make an adjustment. So perhaps if, if I'll stick, I'm going to stick with the 10 minutes of yoga, maybe there's so many different types of yoga. And so perhaps that's not the type, but also maybe that's just not the right choice. You know, maybe doing something inside on the floor, you know, or, or something like that, maybe that's not the right choice. And maybe you need to go outside, Um, you know, think about think about the real the real truth of you and what really you do enjoy and then create a movement practice that that takes that into account and continue to adjust it because it's it's yours it's completely yours it belongs to you so there's really no need at this point particularly to to make yourself do something Um, that's not working for you or that you do not enjoy. All right, number two, you are not comfortable with or at least tolerant of discomfort. Change is uncomfortable. New practices are uncomfortable. And when you make a change, it creates a comfort gap, basically. And the gap is often filled with fear or one of fear's foot soldiers, like anxiety or resistance. Now you might be thinking, "Well, that seems kind of ridiculous to be afraid of moving my body for ten minutes." It's not so much. Um, it's not so much a fear of the subject of the change. It is the process of change that that creates the comfort gap. And like most gaps, or vacuums or voids. We do tend to want to fill them. That's natural. And fear just runs right up and says, I'll fill it. Here, here I am. Let me do it. (laughs) And um, that's not going to be helpful to us. You don't actually have to fill it. You can notice that you're uncomfortable. And if you know that it's, oh, this is the comfort gap. This is what happens when I shift something or change something. And you can do something similar with it that you do with those unhelpful thoughts and that you can notice it, but not really do anything about that because remedying it can take you into potentially anesthesia or it can um, cause you to, again, break your deal or disengage from your practice because... you are naturally kind of being drawn back toward familiarity or comfort uh, because we tend to, as humans, we tend to shrink away from discomfort. However, discomfort is a natural part of human life. And so as you develop comfort with it and tolerance of it and understand its place in your life, it just becomes part, just becomes part of a practice. So some of the discomforts um, that might show themselves, perhaps it's an it's a physical discomfort and you're breathing heavily and you're sweating and you're struggling with your new practice. Well, that's okay. That's okay. Um, I tend not to enjoy practices that cause me to breathe very heavily and sweat profusely. Um, that, that on, honestly, that doesn't totally appeal to me. So I would be someone who, if that's happening and it continues to happen without me seeing, um, a shift in that, I would be, fa- I would be faced with this voice, um, that says, Oh, you, ugh, you really don't like this. This is, this is terrible. Oh, I want this to be over. So that's why I raised that there. It, you know, yes, we're, we're doing some movement, not all move, you know, movements are all different. So they don't necessarily have to be, uh, breathing heavy sweat and struggling movements, but they could be, and that's okay. That's okay. So either it's okay and you gain some comfort with it, or you make an adjustment if it's not your thing, perhaps you're going to have a lengthy negotiation with yourself about whether to engage in your practice again, very normal. So if you find you're, this happening to you, you're in good company and the negotiation is draining. And and perhaps that voice is, thinks, well, quitting this whole shenanigan is going to free me from this argument that I have every day about whether to do my movement practice or not do my movement practice because ugh, I'm really tired of having this conversation with myself or self-hate, whatever you, whoever you're talking to in there. So another thing that I heard in one of my morning reading, listening practices is I can't, I won't, I choose not to. So if you take uh, the subject of the practice in this case, uh, 10 minutes of movement, um, I can't move my body. I won't move my body. I choose not to move my body. Now, when I apply that, And i get to the i choose not to that is the truth of it right we're always making we're always making a choice we're making a choice about our thoughts about what what next action we take we're always making a choice and sometimes we feel like we don't have a choice or we feel like it's not a choice but it is and so applying that simple framework can bring us back to the choice of it to the dominion that we have over our lives and particularly over our internal lives. And when I apply, I choose not to, it makes it simple and easy for me to shift into, I choose to, I can move my body. I will move my body. I choose to move my body. So maybe I can and I will, Don't aren't that helpful to you. But when you get to, I choose to, you're like, ah, okay. And then you can go on ahead and make that choice. Maybe you're sore and you're stiff and you have that experience where you've probably had this experience. I know I have had many times where you start a new movement practice And, uh, you know, you just sit down on the toilet and you go get to get up off the toilet and a bunch of noises come out of your mouth uh, 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 and you find your arms reaching out for the counter and you got to push off because your legs and your butt hurts because you did some squats or some lunges or maybe some yoga or something else. And your inner critic pops up and it's like, oh, man, you are really out of shape. You haven't exercised for so long. Oh, look what you've done. God, look, you're struggling to even get up off the toilet. Okay. Well, that's not helpful. That's not helpful. Just show yourself some compassion. Ooh, ouch. You're hurting today. And great job with that practice. Just some compassion and some encouragement and have a little chuckle about it. And you know, it's temporary. You've been here before. So, you know, it's temporary. Um, maybe feel rushed and you know, you're trying to fit something new into your day, and it feels clunky. That's natural when you're doing something new. Um, you know, and you've been doing something else with both the time and the energy. So it's it's natural for it to feel clunky. The clunkiness is not a sign that it's not the right choice for you. It's not a sign that you can't or shouldn't, um, or should choose not to do your practice. It's just clunky. And that's uncomfortable because maybe you like things to go, you know, smoothly and click along with your day. And this new movement practice seems to kind of be throwing a wrench in things. That's okay. It's just the comfort gap. And the more you practice, uh, the more comfortable you will become and the less clunky it'll feel. And eventually that question that my client asked will begin to come into fruition. And that is that you, it will become natural and you won't have to negotiate with yourself. You may have to make an adjustment like the one I talked about at the top of the show, um, but you will be devoted to your practice. So for instance, maybe you want to do your practice in the morning, um, but you don't get up on time. Um, maybe sometimes you do and sometimes you don't, or you plan it in the morning and you keep not getting up in time to do it. So the the natural thing to do um, that I I see people do and hear people do is to beat themselves up about that and then to continue to push themselves to do it in the morning because they've decided, okay, you've decided that that's where it should go. So I'm going to suggest that if you are continuing to encounter an issue with getting up um, and fitting it in in the morning, that that is potentially not where it should go. Um, and so, you know, human life is filled with discomfort and getting comfortable with it such that you don't reach for anesthesia or quit something that you want is one of the most useful skills and practices that we can develop in this life. And I mean, I'm, I'm uncomfortable a lot of the time. I think it's partly because pretty much everything that I'm doing now is new to me. Um, some of the things that I do in my day are, are more familiar at this point, but because I have changed everything, pretty much every single thing um, and I'm creating and building a new business and I, I travel and move around and um, I just have a completely different life. Um, and, you know, it's a, I'm an entrepreneur and, you know, I'm not working a regular job with a regular salary. So, you know, everything, my finances, everything is completely different for me. And I have a ton of unknown. And if I allowed the discomfort of that to keep me from moving forward, which I have, I have done for periods over the last couple of years, um, boy, I would be stuck in the mud. And so I am grateful. I'm grateful. Um, hmm, hmm. Can I say I'm grateful for the discomfort? I guess so, because it is, um, it's a symptom, if you will, or a side effect of the constant change um, that I'm always making. And I'm super grateful for the opportunity to practice my tolerance and comfort with that discomfort. All right, we're going to go to break. And then I am going to tell you the last three tips um, to get through those deal breakers and sustain your new practice. You're listening to Freedom for Humans and we'll be right back.
2: Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for
0: you. Are you tired of overeating, overspending, drinking too much, or being in relationships that drain you? Do you have invasive thoughts that make you feel bad about yourself and your life? Do you keep pushing yourself to the next goal only to find that it doesn't bring you happiness? You don't have to live this way. You can live a life of well-deserved freedom and happiness. Coach Kirsten Johansson is here to guide you. Book your free discovery session today at giraffe
2: It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host, keynote speaker, and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley.
0: you're listening to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans. Have your own story or have questions for Kirsten or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Freedom for Humans. This is Kirsten, your host, and we're going to talk about the last three tips or um, getting through the deal breakers so that you can asti- sustain your new practice or change. And um, just real quick before we do that, I want to let you know I have a guest on the show next week, um, Dr. Don Azevedo, who hosts the Relationship Road Trip here on Voice America is going to come on the show next week. And we're going to talk about friendships. So I am really excited about that. And um, I did his show last week. Um, And it was super fun. And we talked about the relationship with ourselves. It's called adjusting your mirrors, I believe is the title of the episode. Um, So um, Dawn is a delight. Um, And so I think you'll enjoy that. Check that out. Okay. So the last three tips that I have for getting through these deal breakers. Okay. While in the tunnel of change, we're uncomfortable. Okay. And we make a pit stop. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm referring to it as a pit stop and a pause instead of a U-turn. A U-turn is a, a something a little bit different, and so sometimes if we confuse a pit stop with a U-turn, it can be even more discouraging. But a pit stop or a pause, let's say you just pull off to the side, just you just need to stop. Okay, and that all, all that really means is that you've missed um, you know, a day, maybe or two days, or I'm not sure how many days, but you've missed some of your practice and you feel discouraged and you are disappointed in yourself. Well, the discouragement and the disappointment is going to make it more difficult for you to unpause your practice, okay? So what's really indicated here is for you to just decide how many days are too many to miss? Because missing a practice is simply that. You've just missed a practice. It's not a failure. Life happens. We do want to mind the momentum of our practice though. And so for me, um, and this was a, a recommendation in The Power of Daily Practice uh, by Eric Maisel, this, how many days is too many to miss? Because this is very practical. If we set an expectation for ourselves that we're not going to miss any days, we're human beings with lives. That is generally probably unrealistic. We travel, we, we get sick, we do any number of things, right? So how many days are too many to miss? I've been able to determine um, that I can go two days. Um, I can miss a practice, an important practice to me for two days. And then it's, you know, I just pick it back up and it doesn't really feel like anything. I can sometimes feel the effects of not doing that practice, particularly if it's a movement practice, but I don't have any trouble picking it back up. In fact, when I pick it back up, I, you know, I get back on the road Uh, after I've pulled off. I, I, sometimes I feel great. I feel, you know, energized and, you know, perhaps I needed a bit of a break. Now, three days is actually too long. Once I get to three days, it starts to feel more natural not to do the practice than to do the practice. Even though I'm still having, you know, I'm still feeling the effects of not doing it. um, it, it's, It's harder for me to get back on the road. But don't be hard on yourself, okay? Don't be hard on yourself when your practice sort of falls off, ask yourself, what is the impact of the pause? What's, what, how do I feel, or what's going on as a result um, of pausing the practice? And then just make the next right choice for yourself, which could be getting up right then and doing 10 minutes of movement, if we stick with that example in this case. Um, it could be that simple. We cannot criticize or hate ourselves into practicing. It won't work. It might, it might work for, you know, um, one or two or a certain number, but it's, um, it's, it's harmful to you and it will hurt your ability to sustain the practice. And in fact, we really can't hate or criticize ourselves into doing much of anything and have that be a successful endeavor for us. Now, um, as you're paused, you, you, the the voice, uh, the conditioned voice might say, "You quit again. You never stick with anything. What's wrong with you?" Well, there is nothing wrong with you. You're a human being having a, having a human experience with change. That is all. It might say, "You always quit." Well, that's not. It's probably not true. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm guessing there are a lot of things that you have not quit. There are a lot of things that you've stuck with what do those things have in common ask yourself that question ask yourself do you enjoy them are they to meet the obligations of others is that what is compelling about them are they for you so you don't always quit i'm i'm just gonna guess you don't and so yeah call bs on that and then do a little investigation Maybe it says you're never going to be somebody who has a healthy relationship with movement or exercise. You're just a sloth. Just just accept it. Now, before you get back on the road, clear these roadblocks because if you don't, a U-turn could be imminent. And a U-turn really is an abandonment. Like you just turn back and abandon it completely and days, weeks, months, and years perhaps go by. Um, and, And really focus on what, What worked well, because you did the practice, okay? You've just paused. What worked well, what didn't? And how can you adjust or iterate your practice to be more helpful, supportive, and enjoyable? It's yours. It should be helpful, supportive, and enjoyable for you, not for anybody else, just for you. Um, Okay, number four, you prefer to accomplish this change and tell the tale once you've had some success. um, And thus, you have no accountability partner, nobody to check in with about how how it's going, nobody to check in with if you've hit a pause, or even if there's a U-turn, you just don't have anybody to be accountable to other than yourself. That is a sign of perfectionism and attachment to outcome. It's a sign of you know, potentially not wanting to show the vulnerability that we would show if we shared a new practice with somebody and shared some of the challenges that we might be having with that new practice with that other person. Um, So the thing about invulnerability is that it is the enemy of trust. And without trust, we can't really develop a connection. And also, it could be a sign that you're feeding your image. Okay. Because you don't really want to be accountable to anybody else. Right. So what if it doesn't go well, or, you know, I don't really want to tell anybody what I'm working on. So you could be feeding an image and not feeding your true self and your image. Uh, if, if indeed one continues to exist, the image is sort of a, a pretense of yourself, a. a Uh, curated version of you it is an endless well of need Um, it'll take all that you have to give it and you can stop feeding it at any time and move those resources the energy the thought the emotion all of that can be moved to your true self to things that are really for you and not for an image Um, it could be a sign that you don't want to be accountable. So nobody knows if you quote fail. I don't think that there is failure in this, in this, uh, scenario. Um, and so if you are using that word with yourself, I'm going to suggest that you don't. Um, but it is, you know, you don't want anybody to know if you fail or you miss a day. Accountability to someone else provides a touchstone and encouragement, and it will help to motivate you to push through the rough patches if you kind of know, well, I'm going to check in. I'm going to have a check in with how this is going, and it's not so much about the image of being able to check in and say, "Well, I did everything right." It's really, uh, truly a way of, you know, checking in and saying, "Well, this is how it's really going for me." And the thing about that is, you just never know what you're going to get back, and what you get back can be the exact thing that you need uh, to help you to move forward and sustain your practice. And it keeps the pause from turning into a U-turn. That's, that's one of the important aspects of it. Um, and, and, and maybe you don't even want to answer to someone else. Maybe you're just somebody that doesn't like to answer to somebody, only to yourself. Uh, I definitely have that in me. I used to joke that you know, the only person that I'm willing to answer to is the one who signs my paycheck, um, which was a kind of a joke, but kind of not. Um, and it's, it keeps you uh, disconnected. It keeps you walled off uh, that way of, of operating I found. So choose an accountability partner. It's helpful for it to be a human with whom you occasionally interact with your voice or your face, um, you know, over video, or you see in person, they don't need to be doing the same thing. Like they don't need to be doing the same type of practice, um, but they, it's, it's helpful if they also need an accountability partner for their practice and just at a time to check in that supports your practice in each other so it doesn't have to be every day it doesn't even have to be every week it should work for the two of you Um, and then check in um, and be be honest um, and receive the encouragement and support and give the encouragement and support and if you don't if you don't have a human you can't think of a human Or you um not quite ready for that, um, you can use an app. So like Stellar Sleep is great about accountability and Duolingo that I use for my language Uh, practices is excellent in terms of providing kind of a an app accountability that is pretty it is pretty encouraging and compelling. Okay, we're, uh, we're, we're running close to the end, so I'm gonna zip through this last one. And that is that you try to accomplish the challenging task of developing your new practices and making sustainable change without like-minded humans support, community or fellowship. And so if you find yourself kind of isolated or, or pulling away from people, or you're he- you hear yourself saying something that I, that I hear, I don't like people, people are assholes, I'm an introvert. I prefer animals to people. I hear those things often actually, um in a variety of settings and um you know, I think they can be I think it's a narrative that can be harmful because we are very much social beings and we do very much need each other even when a narrative pops up to tell us that we don't that narrative that tells us that we don't need anybody that we don't like anybody uh that people are that people are assholes etc etc um i suspect that that is not the core self um that that is some version of fear uh, or resistance or the critic or self-hate you might think nobody understands you, that you're, you're just not like other people, that you don't ever really feel like you belong and that you're not a joiner. Um, yes, I, I get it. <laughs> I get all of that. I identify with all of that. And I also know that when I put myself out there, when I initiate human connection and respond to human connection, I am lifted. It does not necessarily have to be somebody that you, um, you know, have a deep relationship with. This can be acquaintances. It can be, you know, strangers that you maybe strike up some kind of regular conversation with because maybe you encounter them in your day-to-day life. And there are a variety of other um, more structured connections like 12step and uh, there's stuff on Meetup and Reddit and Facebook groups. And ultimately, again it's not that they need to be doing the exact same thing as you but you want them to have a common thread of interest so that you can connect and find uh, both support and also potentially um, you might find a new friend which i'm going to talk to uh, dawn about next week because in our adult lives maintaining friendships and making new friends can be uh, kind of a challenge All right. Uh, That's all the uh, time we have today. Um, I love making the show. I hope you've heard something helpful. I will see you next week with Dawn when we talk about friendship, love yourself, free yourself, be yourself, and dance your own tango.
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope we have helped you learn to love yourself unconditionally and accept and celebrate everything that makes you, you. Tune in next Wednesday for another episode. And in the meantime, dance your own tango.